0: Hi, I'm Bec Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast. A podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Welcome to the podcast, Kim Collins, General Manager of the Defence Special Needs Support Group. Hi, Beck. Thanks for having me. Kim, firstly tell us what your connection to defence is and I guess how you came about being involved with the Special Needs Support Group.
1: My whole family has been in the defence and my husband has been in for 15 years and we've seen every part of Australia apart from Tasmania. So it's been, I think it's been a wonderful being in the Defence Force with the travelling around and getting to meet new people. We just have a major connection and I'm very supportive of our veterans and our families. The
0: Defence Special Needs Support Group hadn't always existed. So how did it actually come about? Like who saw the need for the group and... How was it established in the first place?
1: The Defence Special Needs Support Group, it's a non-for-profit uh, voluntary organisation established to assist the Navy, Army, Air Force families with a family member with special needs. It was actually established by founder Margaret Fisk, OAM, and co-founder Terry Fisk.
0: Did the people that initially established the group, they had a connection with a family member with special needs? Did they see that need and and therefore want to establish the group to help support other families with special needs?
1: They actually have special needs, children themselves and Terry was actually serving in the Defence Force. So yeah, they saw a huge need where they lived at that point of time and they just were getting very frustrated and not finding the appropriate services due to being a mobile family and the families decided to make it a little bit easy by helping each other out with information and support rather than trying to go at it alone. So that's where this group came about.
0: So how did it grow from being, I guess, one family and one group initially to groups in multiple locations?
1: Obviously the word got out about the small group uh, which then led into becoming an incorporated organisation and then went nationally wide and we've now got 23 areas. We have the ability to fill with coordinators. Most of the positions are currently filled and we're still trying to fill some locations.
0: ADF families with a family member with special needs aren't just in the one location. They are like any other ADF family and they do post to various different locations. So, you know, just because they have support in one area doesn't mean that they won't need it in the next location, which I guess would be behind having groups and support in the various locations.
1: Absolutely. And that's where our coordinators come in. So, we actually have family lists for each location, which the local coordinators have access to, where they can then make contact with their families when they come into the new location, find out if there's anything specific they need, if they're needing any services or needing any help while they settle in. Or they organise local events for their families, suitable for their families' needs, and also just provide information and services where required. So who is
0: the Defence Special Needs Support Group for and who can access support via the groups?
1: Defence Special Needs Support Group has grown. currently have approximately 1,190 serving members and combined dependents of 3,400. These dependents include spouses, special needs children, dependents 18 plus and dependents without special needs. In order
0: to be recognised as a family with special needs or having a dependent with special needs, do ADF members or family members have to go through a certain process to be recognised and then access support through you guys or how does that work?
1: The process is uh, if you have a family with special needs, it doesn't matter who they are, you can get recognised through the Defence Community organisation DCO fill out a form AC 832 which is an application of recognition of a dependent with special needs and that is how you get recognised through the Defence Force. Once you're recognised and then you get posted you can then apply for assistance through the defence when we impose it. With our organisation, you don't need to be recognised through the defence to be a part of our organisation. You can join now and we can help you through the process of becoming recognised. So, I mean, it is overwhelming once you get the recognition, Nedline knowing what steps to take from there, especially being in the defence and being in terms of families. So we try to assist our families where we're able to in that process.
0: You mentioned that when a family posts to a new new location and they are recognised as having someone with special needs, that you then sort of make contact with them in order to be able to offer them some support and to join the group and and get involved. How does that work? Do the families put their hands up to be on those lists or do defence give you a list when people are posting in and out like how is it up to the families to make contact before they post into a location what's the easiest way for people to access support before they get to a, a new location
1: if they have gone through the process to get recognized through DCO on the letter they receive down the bottom it says now that you are recognized through the defense would you like to connect with the defense special needs support group and it has our phone number and that is how they can connect with us DCO has been absolutely amazing and every time someone is recognize they always recommend that the families uh, connect with us most of the time we're finding people are calling our 1-800 number didn't know we existed so then we're helping them with the process that way because uh, they've been given our phone number from somebody else who's actually used our services or they've actually seen our brochures around why
0: is it important that families with special needs have a strong support network? Obviously, all ADF families move around and we have those extra needs in not having obviously our family and friends at each location and having to dart over every time we go to a new location. Yeah. Why is it extra important for families with special needs to access support?
1: I just believe it, it in, helps increase the strength and the resilience of the family. I'm supporting parents as they help their children with their special needs to get to their full potential, improve the community capacity to the, serve the families with children who have special needs. It helps families make critical connections to other families and resources in the wider community where they're living. The lives of service families can be quite different from those in the civilian world. While these experiences can enrich our families and our lives, lack of choice as well as a lot isolation of being away from friends and family can make a life much more difficult.
0: Yeah, so I guess having that support network and feeling out what is available in each location is important because they are still defence families. They still have ADF members that have to go away deployed, go on courses, outfield, whatever the case may be, those ADF members still have to you know, follow through with the requirements of their job. Absolutely. Just because they have extra needs at home doesn't mean that they don't still do all the same things that other defence members do.
1: That is right. And um, the hardest thing that we're seeing, I mean, soldiers can't focus on their tasks at hand if they're worried about things that are happening back at home. So if we can make sure that we can get the families connected with the right support and the services so that they can then settle their families into a routine and we can do as much as possible to help their family settle in, then we will do as much as we can. So will DCO, everyone in the wider community will help them. It's really important because otherwise the serving members can't focus on their jobs and we find that can be quite a challenging task for a lot of families because it comes a lot of frustration within marriages as well, and which is what we're seeing. What are some of
0: the challenges that ADF families with special needs face?
1: Being trans with families makes lives extremely hard. Hard at present due to the state-to-state requirements. Our families come to a great loss financially. They're getting new diagnosis letters when moving as some schools or specialists won't accept ones from previous states. These assessments alone can cost thousands of dollars. Just for an ASD assessment costs around just under $4,000. The families just don't have that type of money, especially when they have multiple children with special needs. But families need these diagnosis letters to get the support they need through the Defence, but also through NDIA the complexity of defense approval paperwork in relation to special needs DSNG is working really hard with DCO to help minimize and possibly make paperwork a little easy friendly and less requirements especially for those with lifelong illnesses and autism spectrum being in the defense force can be posted at any time even out of cycle time which can cause huge stress on families rushing to get diagnosis letters if needed but the heaviest of all needs is the waiting period to see a specialist once you are posted you can be on a Waiting list for over two years in some places in the public system. Private, you can still be on a private list for six to 12 months, for which then you've got massive costs involved going privately, and not all health funds will actually cover the cost of these.
0: How do families cope with all those extra needs and those extra stresses, I guess, in their lives? Because obviously they still want to get their dependent, their child, or whoever has the special needs, the support that they need, and changing from waiting list to waiting list when they go. To a different state. Kind of gets them nowhere sometimes because they might still be on the waiting list for the next state and still not have gotten to the top of the list by the time it's coming around to posting cycle again. Are there any allowances made for ADF families or like is there anything that you are lobbying for to any specific small changes that would make a huge difference for families with special needs?
1: We are lobbying with the defence quite a lot to try and make as many changes as possible to make the lives easier for our families we're trying to lobby to try and even if we can just get a slight reimbursement back through the defense if it's a requirement that the defense has had to get them to update their specialist letters but we're trying to lobby also for nationally as well just to get the national recognition so we're not having to get these re-diagnosis letters done and they can be accepted in every state without having to spend thousands of dollars every time they post we're trying to make so many changes but it unfortunately does take Time, but we're doing as much as we can and we're speaking to the defence and also DCO, uh, if not on a daily basis to weekly, to see what we can do and where we're at to. But we're trying to do as much as we can to get the lives for our special needs families a little bit less stressed because holding a helpline, I, I have a lot of families call me in such distress. It's sometimes overwhelming to hear them in so much troubles because financially they are worried that they're gonna lose everything or they're gonna have to go into bankruptcy because they don't have the money to pay for the bills, let alone having to pay for these specialist appointments. It can sometimes be overwhelming and it's it's actually heartbreaking to listen to the families that call me and and just knowing that I can't do... Everything, and I know that I can't, but I would love to be able to help them financially. But that's the biggest challenge for us right now: is to be able to help our families financially.
0: In a perfect world, if you could just use a magic wand tomorrow, what would be the main things that you you would want changed or further help with?
1: National recognition, of Australia-wide, for the possibility of reimbursement for our families with their financial crisis when it comes to having their diagnosis done every time they're posting, especially if they have just got the diagnosis. Diagnosis in their current state, and then they move in three months, and they have to start the process all over again. It would be great. Those are the two things I think I'd be pushing for: the most national recognition and financial support for our families. Because, like
0: you mentioned, financially, that's putting a huge strain on the family. And I mean, the solution wouldn't just be to leave the ADF because that's their stable income. Like, yeah, so, so it's a catch twenty two. So, you can't yeah. say, "Well, let's remove the problem of moving around and staying." location and just transition out of defense and everything will be fine like it doesn't work that way so unfortunately
1: yes. I've had a lot of families that have actually gone and done that they've just gone well we're not getting the support I'm just gonna it's just gonna be easier for us to leave and get the support outside it is heartbreaking because I mean those soldiers have worked so hard to get where they are and I think they deserve to be able to receive this type of assistance especially when they're the ones that are being told where to move when to move and where to go to so I think they yeah. needs to be a little bit more accountable from both sides.
0: What are some of the other things that you're hearing, like the main other challenges that ADF families with special needs are facing when they're calling through to the hotline? Like you mentioned before, you're even seeing families with breakdown of marriage and all of those sorts of problems, soldiers not being able to focus on the job that they're trained to do because of stress at home, because of the complexities of the needs of special needs families. What are some of the other things that you're hearing come through the hotline. Hey, Military Wife Life community. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defense Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defense community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defense Community Dogs Program, a specialized dog training program, which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life.
1: A lot of our issues at the moment is obviously when posting is coming up is getting posted to locations that are not suitable for their special needs requirements, especially if they're needing to be uh, near particular hospitals for life threatening illnesses. Like the defence does go out of their way to try and accommodate where possible, and if there is an issue with the posting order, then they will speak to the serving member to try and accommodate everything they can possibly. Housing issues are a big thing. There's not many SR, which is service residents of available which means they have to go into an RA which is the rental assistance program which is going out to the wider community which then can cause massive issues with our special needs families especially if they need modifications done to the housing because going RA they don't always allow modifications to be done to the house where if you're an SR residence Defence Housing will consider the modifications where required.
0: From the outside looking in The solution wouldn't be like, well, obviously, defence lifestyle isn't suited to your family, so why did you go down that path? But, I mean, that's not always the case. Like, people get together, get married, have kids. They don't know that they are going to be a special needs family, so they're faced with those problems and their partner might be 15 years into their career. Like, it's not just like, okay, we'll just leave defence. That's not the solution.
1: It's not the solution. To me, I just think there's got to be a way that we can make these changes and make things a little bit easier and working with DCO, we are, we're making changes and we're we're doing them slowly, but we are making massive changes to help our families. And if it wasn't for the great working relationship with DCO and ourselves and working together, these changes possibly wouldn't even be happening if we weren't bringing these to the attention of the defence in our defence reports that we submit every year.
0: How can ADF families with special needs find out what various allowances or support they're entitled to through Defence? You mentioned that if you are posting to a new location and you do manage to get a service residence that you might be able to apply to have some modifications or adjusted to suit the needs of your family. What are some of the other things that families with special needs can access?
1: So the families can go through the ADF pays and conditions to check on the allowances and what type of support the Defence actually does provide for special needs. They are currently putting together a brand new pays and conditions website and i have been extremely lucky to view the prototype and i must say it looks absolutely amazing i got so excited because if anyone who works with pac-man and looks at it like i do on a daily basis it's a nightmare this new one that's come out it is so easy friendly it is categorized and you don't have to go to one section be referred to another section it's just so easy friendly to use the families can also go to the national warfare coordination website this website is amazing and covers everything from pays and conditions to deployments. So
0: when an ADF family is posting in or posting out, when that process is happening, is there any extra support that they are provided with in regards to what their needs would be in the new location or what their medical needs might be and how DCO and Defence can accommodate that? How does that work? Is that all part of the process for them?
1: When you get recognised with special needs, you have to fill out a member statement And in the member statement, it goes through the composition of the family, what the current situation is, what your current plan is, if there's uh, posting assistance that you're needing, housing assistance that's required, schooling requirements. And in this member statement is where the families can put everything in there that they need when they're getting posted around. There used to be a form called Assessment of Assistance on Posting, an AD355, which now is not available. The form has been taken away because DCO has tried to make things a little bit more easy because the member statement that is provided from the application of recognition pretty much covers through what they're going to need when they do get posted. So if they are needing housing assistance when they're getting posted now, all they need to do is contact the Defence Housing Relocation Manager, let them know what their current situation is and they their teams will work with the families to sort out what their needs are but also to see what they can provide for those families at the time. So do you find
0: that there are a higher number of of ADF families with special needs who choose to go MWDU?
1: Over the last probably five years, I have seen a massive increase when speaking to families that they've chosen to go down this path because it's easier just to stay in location. They don't have to uplift their family. They've got all their support. They've got everything they need for their special needs family, so they're reluctant to leave because they have everything sorted and then it really scares them to go through that whole process to another location, to another stage that may not give them exactly what they have now. So I have seen a huge increase in it. But within that, I've also seen a huge increase of separations within families because of that going married with dependents unaccompanied as well, which is really scary. And it's really concerning to me because it's something that I see quite often and the amount of families that I've spoken to over the years, I've known them to be married. Then all of a sudden they rang up to let me know that they're no longer married, unfortunately, due to the defence lifestyle. So it's been really hard to hear some of the stories that come through. I guess,
0: of course, when going MWDU, obviously they're doing that to create less stress for the family and i say that in air quotes because yep. it's still not a ideal situation because then the oh, one not. parent has the needs of the family on their shoulders and then the adf member is separated from their family so that's you know stress then in it also itself.
1: puts another issue on the table as well is like if what happens to the care of those children so the spouse who stayed behind what happens to them if something if she has a car accident or becomes ill all of a sudden and then the serving member can't get home in time like and if she's got no support around her at that time, like family wise, and she's just staying there because of the government support that she's been receiving or he is receiving. It also has that issue as well as what happens to the families in that situation as well.
0: So have you got an example of the way that obviously your groups have supported or helped ADF families with special needs?
1: There is one story actually that, yeah, has impacted me quite a lot. We had a family in Brisbane who was critically ill. She was on the verge of not being able to make it to the end of last year. She came to us to receive a grant through our grants program through our APS and she contacted me. They got the surgery and it ended up being a whole lot complex and was in instead of being probably a three or four hour surgery, went from seven to 12 hours, ended up being a critical life-saving surgery and then to get a phone call a month later to say thank you for everything you've done you literally saved my life if it wasn't for you and helping us out with our grant wouldn't be here today and that's one story that's really stuck with me
0: So what is your grants program and and how does that help families? How do people access the grants program? What sort of things are they accessing the grants for?
1: So we get a majority of our funding from DCO. We also get funding from all of our supporting partners towards our programs. So, our grants program is actually supported by APS Benefits. They, so the grant is to provide for our finances roughly between four dollars to $5,000 to help them with the diagnosis, whether it's equipment, therapy services, anything that they need for the child or dependent or spouse with special needs they do need to be a member unfortunately for 12 months with APS to be eligible for the grant but the grant we've had so many people utilize it it could have been for respite it could have been for equipment for therapy services we've had it used for surgeries a wide range of equipment for a variety of reasons we also offer computers for kids program which is an ipad for children or dependents which can be used for a communicational tool behavioral tool a learning tool we also also offer FYI so information sessions they can either be done in person with Sulaki and Tony Atwood or you can actually do them online now so if you're unable to attend you can actually request to do the online if they are offering the online ones at the time the workshops vary from AD, uh, ASD to nutrition to Diabetes to anything that covers the spectrum of special needs. The Tony Atwood and Sulaki workshops are absolutely amazing. We also offer a Drive Safe program. So we have a wide range of programs. We have also the Family Emergency Care Plan which is technically the family's life in a folder. So if something was to happen to the spouse, someone can come in quickly, a carer could read the folder quickly, know the routine of the family, know exactly what needs to be done at what time for the family to keep that routine going while the parent is being cared for until immediate family is able to come in and help them. So how can people connect with Defence Special Needs Support Group in their local area or even check out whether they
0: they have one in their
1: area? So you can go to our website, it's wwdsng.org.au. You can call our one-eight hundred number, which is one hundred-037-674. If you go on our website, you can go into in find someone in our location and you'll be able to click in and each state will actually have a coordinator for each area, and then you can make contact through there. How important are the volunteers for your organisation? volunteers are so important to us because they're the face to our families. Our families rely on our coordinators to help them our coordinators run programs and events to get our families connected so they can meet other people in their location that are going through similar circumstances that so they can just sit down and have a chat. Obviously with the COVID-19, it's been quite difficult to organise events, but we are trying to organise virtual coffee morning teas. But we're trying to do a lot more online things, obviously, because the COVID restrictions are still in. But yeah, our coordinators are absolutely amazing and we couldn't do what we do without them. Well, thank you
0: so much for all that you do because obviously it sounds like on top of the day-to-day stories that you're hearing and the families that you're helping support, you're also obviously advocating for families in the background to make some huge changes to some of the the areas that you're seeing day in, day out that need attention. And without this group and this organisation, Defence Families with Special Needs wouldn't be acknowledged and would be finding it really hard to deal with all that comes with defence life alongside, you know, all of the the things that they need to deal with in regards to having a family member with special needs.
1: Absolutely. And what makes a difference is that everyone who works for DSNSG, whether it's myself or volunteers, we've all got special needs in our family and we all are in the Defence Force. So we all know too well what it's like to be a trans family, but also to actually live personally with a family member with special needs. It makes us have a really great connection with our families, knowing that they know that we have a similar situation as them and that we're not just somebody behind a computer that doesn't understand the situation we absolutely understand it we all have special needs some of our volunteers actually have multiple children with special needs so we all know too well how hard and how complex it can be being in the defense force of special needs and that's why we advocate so highly for our families